Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. This is part two of the season previews with me and the True Blue Sporting Podcast. An absolute cracker of an episode in this one. We talk about the Melbourne Storm. We talk about the Parramatta Reels. We also talk about the Newcastle Knights. An absolute banger of an episode. Make sure you sit back, relax, and enjoy. Also, it's on YouTube as well. If you want to see my beautiful face, if you want to see Hayden's beautiful face, if you want to see our beautiful faces, make sure you go and click the link on the story and go and watch this bad boy on YouTube. An absolute cracker of an episode. As I said, make sure you sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Big Lezzers League. Welcome to the second part of your season previews. I'm very excited for this one. Going to talk about a lot of interesting teams and a lot of things to talk about for these teams as well. We're going to be talking the Storm. We're going to be talking the Knights. And we're going to be talking the Eels. And who better to do that with than the True Blue Sporting Podcast. Hayden, how are you, big fella? I'm good, thanks, Les. How are you? Not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Now, you may notice, you may not. Uh, We've both pretty much got new little setups here. I've moved everything around, got the lights behind me and everything. Uh, Hayden's back in Canberra, and we are just absolutely ready to go. New look, but same old potty. We're going to be starting uh, with the Melbourne Storm. Now, They've got a few gains, but they've also got a hefty amount of losses and a lot of losses going into this season that are quite significant. The big one that that stands out to me uh, is Felice Kafusi. I think he's going to be a massive loss on that edge. He, look, wasn't the best and most strike back rower in the competition over the past few years, but he did a lot of things defensively for them uh, and particularly in attack as well. He ran a really, really solid line. Um, so I think he's going to be a big loss for them and a big spot to fill as well. Now, I know they've got Joe Chan, uh, Alicia Katoa, and Tarek Sims coming in. But, geez, Felice Kafusi, isn't he going to be a pretty hectic loss? Yeah, I think, Les, um, they've, they've lost a few big names in that pack. And that that's one thing um, with looking at this Melbourne squad this year, I think um, stands out the most, the fact you mentioned Kafusi, the Bromwich brothers are both gone. They've got to find two edge back rowers now with both Kafusi and Bromwich leaving. Uh, Bromwich in the middle of the pack uh, was phenomenal for them last year, was the captain of the club. So they're big losses and it's going to be a big test for Melbourne. But you know with Melbourne, they've always got that that depth and they recruit so well, like looking at who they've recruited, they lost Bromwich and Kafusi on those edges, but they brought in someone like Katoa from... Uh, the New Zealand Warriors, who probably didn't get the chances that he deserved last season, as well as Tarek Sims, and he's a origin-level back rower on his day. And So they've lost uh, those key players in those positions, but they've recruited extremely well uh, as well uh, in saying that. Yeah, I know they've got a veteran back rower, as you said, in Tarek Sims. Uh, as you can tell, Joe Chan and Aaron Penne coming into this side. Now, Kenny Bromwich as well, he also offers that kicking game as well. On last tackle, they'll go down that edge and he'll pop a little grubber through. Um, so they will miss that as well. Now, with both of these veteran back rowers going in Kenny Bromwich and Felice Kafusi, have you got... Tarek Sims and Alicia Katoa, is that the route that you're going down or have you got something different to start for the Melbourne Storm in the back row? I think Tarek definitely goes down and, and plays one of those edge back row spots. And look, I really rate Katoa. I think he's a very solid back rower. Last year, he didn't get that opportunity, as I said. But he just offers something uh, similar to a Jeremiah Nanai. Not really that leaping threat in the air but he's very skillful with the ball in hand. So I think Katoa probably wins that edge spot, but he's got to play the Melbourne style of footy, which which is probably different to what he's done. But uh, they're, they're so good at develop, developing players at, at Melbourne. And, and Katoa is someone to watch out for uh, this season for mine, going into that system. And, and his footy will develop to an absolute another level for mine. Yeah, totally. I agree. And it, it's at 
it's going to be very interesting to see what they pick, but I think that's pretty much the obvious route to go down. You obviously have Josh King at lock. Is that the route that you'd be going at? You're going to keep that the same as last year, having Josh King in that 13 jersey. Uh, I've heard some talk that Tarek Sims may transition into the middle, but I just think that's a luxury they can't, can't afford at the moment. They don't have that much size in the middle at the moment, uh, especially coming off their bench. I mean, Aaron Penne, not the biggest front rower you've ever seen either. Um, do you think that Tarek, so Tarek Sims, you're definitely locking him onto an edge, uh, or do you think maybe mid-year they move him maybe into the middle? Look, I think they start him on the edge, uh, and it's just whether they need him in the middle. They've obviously got Asafa Solomona as well, who can who can play a little bit of edge and a little bit of middle. I think his best footy is played in the middle when he starts to drift to the edge, but uh, focusing on playing in the middle, sort of that uh, bench role where he comes in, replaces Josh King, gives him a little bit of a spell. Uh, Christian Welch is back this year in the middle of the park, which will basically be a new signing for Melbourne. The fact that he missed all of last year with an Achilles injury, the fact he comes back into this side will really just uh, free up a lot of those forwards in the in the pack, in an ex- inexperienced pack uh, at some, uh, with the likes of Brom- the Bromwich brothers and and Kafusi going. It's a little bit of an inexperienced pack, and for someone like Christian Welsh to come into that, uh, will will shore up that middle middle third of the field. That's for sure. But Les, what do you think? Do you think Tarek will work his way in the in a thirteen? Uh, look, I think it's very similar to what you said, mate. I think that um, it, he'll probably start the year on the edge. I think he'll stay there. Uh, you, you just mentioned Christian Walsh is coming back this year as well. Um, and I, But even then, I just think it's a luxury they can't afford. They're losing a lot of size in the middle um, and a lot of forwards as well. I mean, even Chris Lewis, a guy they had frequently coming off the bench, he's been demoted to a train and trial deal going into this year as well. So, I mean... It's going to be very interesting to see how this side shapes up. But I think that Tarek Sims, as I said before, coming into the middle, it's just a luxury they can't afford. Um, we'll have a look at some of the other losses that because they've lost a few guys. They have lost a few guys, more than just Felice Kafusi, Jesse Bromwich and Kenny Bromwich. Now, Jesse obviously being the main one there, um, the leader in this side in the front row. Who's your captain going into 2023 and how big of a loss do you think Jesse Bromwich is going to be for this side in terms of leadership? Yeah, look, you mentioned it. Who's the captain going to be up sitting here? I'm sort of rattling a few names off in my head thinking about that. You probably think of Munster as a potential captain, probably a little bit of a rat bag though, so he probably doesn't have that leader. But personally, my mind goes straight to Christian Welch. He is so underrated in this competition as a front rower. He's one of the best in the game and and he just turns up for his footy side every every game that he puts in. And they missed him immensely last season. I think they don't get bounced in the final if uh, Christian Welch plays in that side. Uh, he's absolutely phenomenal. I think he deserves to wear an Australian jersey at some point in his career if he hasn't already. Uh, so he'd definitely be my captain moving forward for them. Uh, but they, they've got a few options. Harry Grant could captain the club or even someone like Jerome Hughes. So there are options there. But uh, for mine, I think it's going to be Christian Welch. Where, where are you looking for um, in, in terms of the captaincy? Look, um, I, Munster's probably the first guy that crossed my mind as well. But Welchie, you bring up Welch. I think that he'd be probably a decent candidate. He comes off, obviously, goes back to the bench. He's a front row. He's going to have to come off at some point as well. I think Munster's, if he doesn't get the main captaincy role, I think he'll be a vice captain in that side, particularly because he'll probably be on the field for the whole 80 minutes. So I think they'll probably lean towards that um, Munster role, maybe even to, just to start the season. And, you know, Welch could be be that vice captain or vice versa in that side, depending on, you know, how this side really does shape out. But, yeah, Welchie, I think, is a great shout for that captain role. Um, I don't mind Jerome Hughes either, but I think that if I'm gun to head, if I have to pick a captain for this side, I think it's probably going to be Munster and Welch. I think that's a pretty decent shout there by you. Um, We'll look at some of the other losses. Brandon Smith's probably a big one as well, particularly a uh, looking at their forward rotation, it's basically another front row forward that they're losing as well as a hooker. And that hooking rotation is going to be very interesting going into next year. Harry Grant, he's going to have to be an 80-minute hooker. Um, what are your thoughts about that? Do you think they're going to bring a 14 on, off the bench to play nine? Now, obviously, they get a few backs in the back line back as well. Uh, so, look, it was looking like Nick Meany was going to be the 14. But you think about Harry Grant, probably not going to play 80 minutes straight away. Um, do you think that they're going to need someone on 
on the bench that can play that hooking role? Uh, or do you think that Harry Grant is just going to play that 80 minutes straight away and they lean towards a Nick Meany coming off the bench? I think Harry Grant plays plays 80 in the middle. Uh, the, they did it, uh, that hooking rotation, because they had the luxury to do so, and it complemented both of those those players. I don't think they'll uh, necessarily have a, a, a nine on the bench for the sake of having a nine there if Harry Grant can play 80 minutes. You look back at when he moved to the Tigers in that 2020 season, he was the main hooker there and played 80 minutes. Uh, so he's able and capable to do it. I think the last couple of years was more of a luxury with Melbourne, allowing him to uh, come off and have a spell and his impact was was amplified. But Harry Grant's a phenomenal number nine who can play 80 minutes, no doubt. So it's the, like you said, the luxury of Brandon Smith going in that front row rotation, but also that, that hooking rotation that, that now alters and, Look, I'm really excited to see how Melbourne go this year. There's so many times that in the past we've written them off uh, in terms of what happens. Uh, the big three going, the salary cap saga, the 40-0 grand final loss. They get written off all the time. But this truly is a new era for Melbourne. That The leaders they've lost, it's a great opportunity for the likes of, of Grant, Hughes, Munster, Pappenhausen to really take this next era of Melbourne and drive it through. And I'm really looking forward to see how they go this year, that's for sure. And yeah, Harry Grant's the number nine and, and will lead that lead that four pack uh, the best way he knows how, and that's playing some good footy. Yeah, I agree, mate. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how that hooking rotation turns out. For me, I wouldn't be surprised. Now, I know he didn't have the best stint last time coming into this side, but I would not be surprised maybe to start the year. Nick Meany might get shoved onto the wing. Um, and you do see maybe a Jaden Nicarima coming in and playing that 14 role. Uh, maybe just to start the year and sort of transition him back into that phase of playing 80 minutes. I don't think you'll play 80 minutes straight away. Um, I think, yes, he did at the West Tigers, but it's been a long time since then. It's been about two years since then. So I think that he is going to have to have that period where he does transition back into that role. Um, but look, some of the other guys they've lost as well, like David Nofaluma. Um, I know he was only on a loan, but he has gone back to the West Tigers. Um, and their depth in the back line is pretty poor. Now, I know they have blooded a few guys last year when they had the luxury to, um, when obviously Remus Smith went down and a few, a few of the other guys in the back line went down, Xavier Coates as well. Uh, they've blooded guys like Grant Anderson and a few other guys. Uh, Nick Meany, I would even say, had a fair crack in NRL coming in uh, during that period. Um, look, are you, are you a bit concerned with the depth in the back line going into this year, I know they've got maybe one or two, maybe even three backs in that side to come in if there is injury. But you'd think during the off-season, I think you'd think they would have gone for some more backs. Like they've pretty much gone for all forwards here in Tarek Sims, Joe Chan, uh, Alicia Katoa and Aaron Penne. So are you a bit concerned going into this year about the back line? I think if it was any other club, you would be a little bit concerned. But because it's Melbourne... Uh, you mentioned who they who they've got in the wings. Nick Meany was was struggling to, to get a game at the Bulldogs, uh, and then he moves to Melbourne. His footy goes to another level. So Xavier Coates is coming back from injury. Uh, Remus Smith back from injury as well. So they have those players there. It's whether injuries come that that's the question. But Melbourne they just produce footballers. Doesn't matter where they where they play in. You know whoever puts on a Melbourne jersey, they're going to perform and they're going to play some good footy, and that's what. Um, that they've built their system on. So if it was as I said, if it was any other club, I would be concerned. But the fact it's Melbourne, you just know what you're going to get from from people who put on that jersey. I don't know about you, Les, but are you a little bit concerned? I mean, I am. And the other reason I'm concerned is Brian Pappenhausen. He's fresh off an injury coming into this side. Uh, I know they've got Nick Meaney there, um, who can obviously come in and play that fullback role, but that, you can only do so much with Nick Meany at fullback. Ryan Pappenhausen is just an absolute freak, an absolute weapon, especially when he's fully fit. Um, and look, if he goes down again and they don't have him for an extended period, they could maybe struggle a little bit. There was a few games where they had basically no one. And I think it was the first game Grant Anderson played. They had Jaden Nick, I think it was Origin actually, the Origin period. Uh, adding on origin to all of those injuries. I think they had Jaden Nicarima at six. Um, they, oh, it was just an absolute mess, and they struggled during that period. Um, I'm a bit concerned because if Ryan Pappenhausen is out again, um, 
oh, I just don't see them being as dominant than if they do have a Ryan Pappenhausen in that side. Um, so look, I am a little bit concerned, but as you said, it's Melbourne. Like they've proved us wrong again and again and again, every single year when they've had struggles, they've proved us wrong continuously. So, I mean, I'm very interesting to see how this goes. The weird thing is as well, like we, we were just talking about, they haven't really signed many backs. Uh, we talked about how Chris Lewis is on that training trial. Um, young Tonamapea, uh, if you remember him, he played for the Gold Coast Titans, came in for a year for Melbourne. He's also been demoted to a training trial. Now, I don't know who they've got to replace him. I think maybe Joe Chan, Aaron Pano, those guys would have filled those spots. But look, very interesting, particularly when you don't have many backs in your squad to demote one of, a, I would say, a pretty talented one of those in young Tonamapea to a training trial deal. I think that was a bit strange for me. Um, so, yeah, look, I am quite concerned um, going into this year, particularly around, again, origin periods and maybe even finals time as well. If Ryan Papenhausen goes down again, I think they're in all sorts, to be honest. And then um, for the final loss here that we've got is Cooper Johns as well. That's depth in the halves now that they're losing, not only in, you know, the forwards, but in the halves. Jerome Hughes went down a bit um, going into last year and Cooper Johns was the guy to come in and take that role. They don't have Cooper Johns anymore, so it's, they're probably going to have to rely on a Nick Meaney or, you know, uh, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, maybe a Jaden Nicarima even to come into the halves. Are you a bit concerned if that happens, if Jerome Hughes or Cameron Munster gets injured during the season? Are you a bit more concerned about the halves and the back line? Or, again, do you just think it's Melbourne and, you know, they'll find a way? Yeah, look, I think Cooper Johns, I, I really rate Cooper Johns, I think he's he's got he's got something about him, but Melbourne looked to um, move him on at the end of the year, and he, he's gone back to Manly, uh, his junior club, where he's uh, growing up on the northern beaches, so he's moved back there on a train and trial. Uh, but in, in regards to their their halves, uh, sort of um, their halves room, basically they've got Munster and Hughes, who are who are a lock every every week of their fit, and then if you look at one of those get injured and come Origin period. You mentioned Nick Arima, you mentioned uh, Nick Meany. Uh, Bellamy's shown that he's not afraid to, to try something new in that halves position. You just think of think of Jerome, Jerome Hughes only a couple of years ago. He was a fullback and now he's one of the premier halves in the game. And they've got a fantastic halves, uh, a halfback in, in the wings waiting. Uh, Pezzett, that, that game he played uh, for the New South Wales under-20s um, was, was phenomenal. And I think that's a big reason as to why Cooper Johns potentially has moved on because they've hallmarked him to be sort of that backup number seven if, if Hughes does go down. I think he will make his NRL debut this year. Uh, Peasant, he is phenomenal. And uh, in that Melbourne system, he will just go from strength to strength, very similar to Cooper Cronk. Uh, it just can execute a game plan superbly. So although although they did lose a little bit of depth, they have Nick Meany and they have uh, Nick Arima as well as Peasant. So they're, they're there and abouts and... Uh, as I've said this whole time, it is Melbourne, so they'll find a way and, and whoever puts on the jersey will perform. Yeah, no, I agree, mate. I'm keen to see how they go this year. Now, talking about the entire year, uh, I've got them between 4th and 11th. I've done enough talking now. Where do you see um, Melbourne this year in terms of where they are in the ladder? Yeah, look, I think Melbourne, you, you can never ride them off. So I think they'll push for a spot in the four. Whether they get there, I don't think they will. I think they'll finish sort of uh, in around that fifth, sixth, seventh spot. They won't be in that that sort of cluster fighting for the eight. I think they'll be pushing the the big boys in the competition to finish in the four. But you can never ride them off. And if they finish in the four, to be honest, I would not be surprised one one bit. Bellamy has his ways and he, he's a fantastic coach and they are a fast, fantastic organisation, arguably the best in the country. So uh, as I said, I've probably got them finishing uh, just outside the four, but they'll they'll be really competitive, pushing for the four. Uh, I think they'll win a final this year, unlike last year. Now, worse comes to worse. And Jerome Hughes is consistently out again. Ryan Pappenhausen is out for most of the season. Is there a world where you see Melbourne potentially missing the eight? Well, there's a world, that's for sure. Uh, if you told me last year the Cowboys would, would finish in the top four, I'd laugh at you. So there definitely is a, is a possibility, um, and that's footy. So injuries can change everything, but if Melbourne's best team stays on the field, there's there's no reason as to why they'll, they'll be there. 
But as you said, if, if Pappenhausen, like one of the things I've got down here is how long will Pappenhausen be on the sideline for? Because with Pappenhausen, it's not a question of will he get on the sideline? It's probably how long for. And, that, and that's tough to say uh, for such a good footballer. But it, but it is the it, it has been the truth in, in his career so far. He, he spends time on the sideline. So if he can put a full season together, as well as Hughes being in the side for long periods of time, they'll definitely be up there. But if, if Pappenhausen misses some footy, as you said, Hughes misses some footy, Munster, mate, Munster's going to miss some time out of origin. We mentioned the forward packs and the losses they had there. Look, this is this is a big year for Melbourne. There's there's no doubt about that. This is a massive year, probably their biggest test uh, under the, the leadership of Craig Bellamy. So this new era, as I mentioned before, massive opportunity for them to continue the uh, the prestige of the Melbourne Storm. Yeah, look, mate, I'm keen to see how they go. It's Melbourne. Anything can happen. Jeez, it's going to be an interesting year because there are so many teams that can push for that eighth spot. And, you know, a top eight team one day could be a bottom eight team the next year. I mean, you look at what happened with the Brisbane Broncos this like last year, um, going into the top four and then dropping out of the eight by the end of the year. That was absolutely insane. So anything can happen and very keen to see what happens with Melbourne here? Very interesting. I can't believe we're talking about a possibility where Melbourne could be out of the top eight. That is absolutely insane. Now, we'll move on to the Newcastle Knights, and particularly over the past few weeks, they have really built a force uh, going into 2023. Let's take a look at some of these gains. Now, obviously, recently, let's talk about Lockie Miller first because that is an absolute cherry on top signing, particularly when they're looking to move Kalen Ponga into the number six jersey. What are your thoughts on Lachlan Miller? And is Kalen Ponga to the six? We'll get your thoughts. Is Kalen Ponga to the six the right move? I love the move of Ponga to six, personally. I think I think it is it is a fantastic move. Uh, they've signed a halfback who, who we'll talk about later, uh, later on, I'm sure, who will be perfect for Ponga. Uh, a perfect partner for him. Uh, the question mark with moving Ponga to six, who was the fullback going to be? There, there was talks that Gamble had been training a little bit at fullback, uh, but they've signed Lockie Miller to to play fullback. And, and this is them saying, we're committing to Caelan Ponga at number six. We've gone out, we've, we've looked at uh, and identified Lockie Miller to be a first grade fullback on a full-term basis. They've gone out, they've signed him, they've got their man. And he is, he is a fantastic footballer, rugby sevens um, graduate, came over to the third side game. And, and he, he was good in his debut season, played a couple of games for Cronulla, but was very good in reserve grade with the Jets. Uh, so I think it's a very good signing. And, and I love the move to Caelan Ponga at six. Les, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, will, will Ponga succeed in the six? Look, I was a bit 50-50 on it to start. Watched some origin highlights, just watched his game. And he's very, very... Uh, successful down that left-hand side. So I think it won't be a matter of, is he going to be successful? Because I think he's going to be great. Um, if he's injury-free, that's a big factor to take in as well. Uh, that's a big thing when you're moving KP to six and, you know, they can't just change it straight away. They've got to wait till at least Origin to make the move to change him back to one if it doesn't work. I think they've got to keep him there for a long time. They can't just swap the team around because we've seen what happens with teams that swap their spine consistently look at the Bulldogs a few years ago. You look at the Brisbane Broncos only two years ago as well. Like it does not work for sides. They need to keep the spine consistent. I think the great thing about Lockie Miller is, is that he played halfback for the Jets in reserve grade. He's played a bit of fly, which is the equivalent of halfback uh, for obviously rugby sevens as well as inside center. So he can play seven, he can play six, and he can also play one. So at the end of the day, if Callum Ponga to six doesn't work, they need to move him back to one. They can just as easily move Lockie Miller into the six and it will work out even if that's only temporary and he can play a really good 14 role and, you know, cover for injury if that, you know, the season goes down that route. But we're talking about Lockie Miller, his first full season of first grade as well. That's something people don't really think about. It's going to be his first full year of first grade if he can keep and if he can retain uh, that fullback jersey. He obviously played only temporary first grade for the Cronulla Sharks last year. Uh, obviously played a lot of time at Jets and did really well there. Obviously well in first grade as well. His debut ran for nearly 200 metres. Um, look, I'm very interested to see how he goes. But your question was, will Kalen Ponga work in the six? 
yeah, I think he will. I think at the end of the day, uh, as I said before, he's very successful down that left-hand edge. So, you know, I think if anyone can pull this off, it's going to be Callum Ponga. Um, so very, very excited to see how he goes and very excited to see how Lockie Miller goes in the first season of first grade and the first full season of playing fullback as well. So very interesting to see how that goes. Big loss for me, and we'll talk about all the losses a bit later, but I want to touch on this one, particularly when we're going through the gains, the trade for Jackson Hastings for David Clemmer. Now, do you think that this is a successful trade? Um, and how do you think a loss, losing a guy like David Clemmer is going to affect the Knights going into this year? Um, I think I think it's a loss loss for them. If you look at uh, Newcastle, you probably think the weakest aspect of their side is probably their forward pack. Uh, they've lost Clemmer and Barnett as well. Uh, but if you look at the contract Clemmer has with the Tigers, a lot of it's being paid by Newcastle. So I think it was more of a case of they wanted him gone um, and, and they wanted Hastings in. And uh, they've obviously uh, committed to this because they've they've signed it, uh, paid it, Sorry, they're paying Clemmer a hefty, hefty wage uh, to not even be at the club. So Newcastle, they've backed themselves. They've gone out and got Hastings. They're still committed to to Clemmer's contract. And and they're, I think it's a loss for them, though. I think their forward pack is their biggest question mark. They've also lost Mitch Barnett, who was a stalwart for that club uh, when, the, when they weren't going too, too well, um, those seasons where they would get one year, uh, one win or, or two wins a year. Uh, so they've they've really uh, lost some of that uh, aggro in that forward pack, but then they've also gone out and recruited Adam Elliott and Hetherington. So uh, I, I think it, it will be a loss for them. Uh, Clem is phenomenal, uh, but I think they've offset it with their recruitment as well. Um, and, and ultimately it will be uh, for the best of their club, I think. Yeah, uh, t- totally. And I think that um, they yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see how this turns out. Hastings has to have a terrific year. I think he's very capable of doing that as well. Uh, you sort of touched on it before, but what are your thoughts on Jackson Hastings? Um, and how do you think he's going to go in this side? Do you think he's going to stay at the seven? Do you think they're going to move him to six and maybe bring Gamble in, obviously, if KP doesn't work? Uh, but Hastings at the seven for the full year for the Newcastle Knights. What are your thoughts? Is he the perfect guy for KP? You sort of touched on it before, but... What are your thoughts on Hastings going into this year? Yeah, I think Hastings working with uh, Andrew Johns in Newcastle, his footy will go to another level. We saw it with the Tigers, what he was able to do uh, with them in a, in a short period of time. Uh, they may have not got the results, but when he was playing halfback, he, his direction across the park is, is absolutely phenomenal. His leadership is exceptional. And, and he will just create create opportunities for Caelan Ponga all over the field. Caelan Ponga won't have to worry about uh, marshalling his troops around the ground because Jackson Hastings will do that for him and that'll allow Caelan Ponga to sit on his left left hand side like like he loves to and probably was his biggest um, what people were saying about him at fullback he doesn't float around enough for for people's likings but Caelan Ponga has a game style which where he can sit on that left hand edge and just count numbers superbly arguably the best in the game at doing so so I think it'll be phenomenal for him he he has to play all year at seven for mine they've gone out. And they've they've really gone out and said, you're our man to lead this club forward in the seven jersey. So they have to keep him at seven for mine. If they're going to make a change, it's got to be uh, his halves partner. But like I said, I think this will be successful. Caleb Ponga, I believe, is, is, is fighting an injury to get fit for round one. So if it's not Ponga in round one, it may be someone like Gamble. But, but they're committing to this. And uh, I'm really excited to see how Hastings goes this year. I think he'll be a great signing. Uh, for Newcastle and arguably one of the best of the season. Yeah, look, I'm keen to see how he goes. Jackson Hastings, geez, he is going to be really, really good. And I'm really excited to see how he goes for the Newcastle Knights. Tyson Gamble, great depth. I love that signing. I love the signing of Tyson Gamble. Um, I think that he is just an absolute goer. I think if he ends up in the halves with Jackson Hastings this year, he is definitely going to be one of the voices in that team. You look at him playing for Brisbane last year. Uh, I thought that when he came in, he was quite good and he was a pretty decent general as well. So, you know, if Hastings maybe goes and uh, and is selected in the New South Wales squad, depending on how good he is going into this year, um, or, you know, if someone goes down in the halves and Gamble comes in, look, I I think he's going to be fantastic. I think he's a great replacement for someone like Hastings or like a Ponger if they go down during the year. I think he's phenomenal uh, and a great general. What are your thoughts on Gamble? 
Yeah, Gamble, great backup, backup half option. Uh, you know that if if the experiment doesn't work, uh, you you know that you've got uh, someone like Tyson Gamble sitting there and and waiting for an opportunity, and uh, that will only make Ponga play better footy because he knows he's got someone of the caliber of Gamble sitting behind him. Uh, you saw it at Brisbane; he's such a competitor. That's probably the one thing that stands out uh, when you talk about Tyson Gamble is his competitiveness, his ability to get in the fight and stay in the fight. Uh, I don't think a lot of players have that anymore. Uh, and he he's phenomenal at doing that, just just getting in the face of the defence and saying, look, I'm here today. You've, you've got to play a really good game to get over the top of me. Uh, and that's what he does so well. Uh, so I think it's a great, great signing for them and a big loss for Brisbane as well. Yeah, totally. I agree. Um, I think he a massive loss for Brisbane and especially looking at their side going into next year. I think they're really going to miss a guy like Gamble. They've obviously got Madden, but I think that they're going to miss a guy and a general like Gamble in that side. Uh, I think he's going to be great for Newcastle, especially you talk about depth, potentially maybe even a 14 coming off the bench, playing that playing that roaming lock sort of role. Um, Greg Marsu as well. You look at him going into this year. I think he is a fantastic signing uh, for the for the Newcastle Knights, particularly if he's going to be playing on the wing. A great replacement for a guy like Edric Lee, who is a pretty much uh, prolific try scorer there. And so is Greg Marju for the Gold Coast Titans. The fact that he wasn't playing much football over there uh, is beyond me. What are your thoughts on Greg Marju going into this year? Yeah, it's a good pickup. Uh, he's phenomenal out of the backfield as well. Uh, he'll get their set started well. Uh, I think the loss of Edric Lee sort of forced their hand in, in picking uh, someone like Marju up. They've got Heimel Hunt there as well, as well as Edric Lee. So they've, uh, sorry, not Edric Lee, uh, Anari Tuala as well to to play in that sort of back three. That's probably who who will be there as, as well as Dom Young. So they've got some options in that the outside back. Uh, so Marju coming in only only puts pressure on those. And yeah, like you said, I, I, I'm very surprised the Gold Coast Titans let him go. Uh, I thought he was he was one of their best last year, so a very solid pickup for for Newcastle. And if you look at, at at their recruitment, we haven't even mentioned Adam Elliott yet. He was great for Canberra last year, and Jack Hetherington. He's just got something about him as well. Uh, so I think they've recruited pretty well, but their their losses probably offset that for mine. Yeah, no, totally, I agree. Um, I think that he's a great pickup, particularly when you look at this losses column. Have a gaze at this. Mitch Barnett, Warriors, Edric Lee, Anthony Milford, Dolphins, Gerard Mamazia, Parramatta, Tex Hoy, Hull FC, Suasu Su, Hull, uh, Basami Solo, Canberra, David Clemmer, West Tigers, Chris Randall, Gold Coast, uh, and Brandon, Brandon, Braden uh, Musgrove obviously being released as well. I didn't actually hear about that one, but uh, from where I got these from, uh, apparently he has been released as well. So, That is a hectic losses column there for the Newcastle Knights, but it's sort of that Phil Gould tactic where they get rid of a ton of players and get in some really decent talent. Um, I also think they've gone down that sort of storm mentality as well, where they've really focused on the spine. Now I know they would have probably got Lockie Miller for cheap, uh, Kalen Ponga, Jackson Hastings, Jaden Braley, uh, and then look, very interesting to see who gets that 13 jersey. I would assume Adam Elliott. Um, yeah, it's a pretty decent spine going into this year. Now, Jack Hetherington, this is where the controversy lies. Is he a front rower or is he a back rower for you going into this year? Yeah, I think you've, you've got to get him in the middle and just give him a license to, to hit. Um, but, but also he's got to rail it in and spend time on the field because everyone knows how damaging he can be, uh, but he probably lets himself down a little bit, um, you know, spending a little bit of time on the sidelines with suspensions and whatnot. So I think he, he, he plays in the middle for mine, uh, but but it's absolutely paramount that that he, he gets his game at a state where he's spending more time on the field and, and not getting uh, sus- suspended and spending time on the sideline. You mentioned the losses as well. Uh, you know, you didn't even mention Jake Clifford in that, who was, who was their stalwart in that halves spot last year. So... Yeah, they've lost some big names. Mitch Barnett, along with that, uh, you mentioned um, will Will Hetherington play back rower in the middle. Uh, the fact Barnett's gone may force Hetherington uh, onto the edge just to, because they need it's a need for them. So personally, I'd have him in the middle, but but needs may may force him onto that edge, like you said. Yeah, totally. You think well, he yeah, exactly. I'm very keen to see 
uh, what they do here. For me, he has to play middle. They've lost David Clemmer. Uh, and a mongrel like David Clemmer, they need to only replace with a mongrel like Jack Hetherington. Keep the suspensions down. He'll be fantastic for them. Uh, but a pretty decent pickup as well there, um, Jack Hetherington. And you look, we talked about the forward pack not being the best and probably one of their concerns going into next year. But, you know, they've got both the Saifidi boys, Jack Hetherington, Adam Elliott as well. Uh, and some other younger guys, Leo Thompson, Matt Croker. I mean, they're doing all right, and I'm not too concerned about the forward pack going into next year. Obviously, a little bit of concern uh, losing a leader in the forwards, like David Clemmer. Um, Who do you think the leader in the forward pack or the leader in general for this side is going to be? Uh, The leader of the forward pack for mine is probably Daniel Saifidi. Uh, He's proven himself over the last couple of years to really take that mantle. It's probably a uh, a contributing factor to why they felt uh, the need to let Clemmer go and they probably didn't fight so hard to keep him is because they have someone like Daniel Saifidi as well as well as his brother, Jacob, who who made his origin debut uh, last year as well. They're both uh, really taking that that side and that forward pack by by the scruff of the neck. And, and I think this year is a fantastic opportunity for them to really lead this forward pack. You mentioned they've, they've recruited the likes of Elliot and Hetherington into that that forward pack. They've also got some young guys in in Thompson. Croker, I think, had a, had a fantastic rookie season last year. Uh, extremely underrated year from him. So the Saifidi the uh, brothers for mine are the leaders of the forward pack. Who do you look to in this pack? Yeah, I think Daniel Saifidi, man, I've got to agree. Like, you look at some of the guys in the forward pack, I think he's probably the one to go to as well. Um Jack Hetherington, maybe. I just think he's too much of a mongrel. I think he's too much of a mongrel. Probably going to be suspended quite a bit. Um, I, I look at him and I don't see the leader in this side. Maybe an Adam Elliott. I wouldn't mind Adam Elliott taking maybe a vice-captaincy role in this side in the 13 jersey. Uh, a bit of mongrel in him, but he's a pretty decent footballer as well. Probably going to be the link man in the 13 jersey. Uh, but yeah, Daniel Saifidi is the one that stands out for me. And then overall captain... I'm probably going to lean towards Jackson Hastings. Are you the same? Oh, I think they go Braley, personally. Uh, he, he's been the leader there for a little while. Um, they've also got Ponga there. I think I think Braley is the op- option for mine at captain. Uh, but the thing is that they've got a few options there. You mentioned Hastings. He, he can do the job uh, perfectly um, if needed to. Uh, but I think Braley will, will skip with them for, for mine. Yeah, totally. Oh, I think that Braley is a great candidate. And look, I can see him getting a vice-captaincy role, maybe even the captaincy role. He's had it for the past few years. Why change something that isn't broken? Have a guy like Jaden Braley captain. Uh, they'd probably be sharing the captaincy role for me. I think Jackson Hastings is going to be a leader in that side anyway, whether he has the title or not. Uh, I think that's what they've brought him here to do. So very keen to see, you know, how Jackson Hastings goes in this side. Um and then ladder predictions, mate. Where do you see the Newcastle Knights on the ladder this year? Well, I think they're under a lot of pressure before a ball's even kicked. Adam O'Brien, his his position is is under a lot of pressure. A lot of people, um, a lot of pundits believe he he'll be in the conversation to be the first um, coach sacked, probably with Anthony Griffin at St George. Uh, so they need to get off to a fantastic start this season. There's no doubt about that. But unfortunately for Newcastle got them sort of sitting in that 12th to 16th bracket. I think they're good enough to miss the wooden spoon, uh, but I don't see them pushing out and fighting for a final spot. So unfortunately, I think it'll be an improvement from last year um, in in some aspects, but but they'll still be towards that 12th and 16th bracket. Where do you see them finishing in season 2023? Yeah, I've got them 8th to 12th, mate. I think that they could maybe push for that 8th spot. I think they're one of the teams that can do that. Uh, but 8 to 12, though, look, if they don't make it, I think they'll only just not make it. Um, I think they're one of those sides where if Jackson Hastings has a good crack, um, you know, Kalen Pongo is injury-free for most of the year. Lockie Miller works out in the one full-time, which I guarantee he will. You know, their forward rotation is pretty much fixed and ready to go. Um, they've got a lot of talent in the outside backs. If Dane, if Dane Gagai, who we haven't even talked about yet, and Bradman Best as well, if those guys kick on in the centres, I mean, look, I can see them definitely maybe pushing for an eighth spot, uh, but it's going to be very interesting and very reliant on their stars, obviously, in Callum Ponga, Lockie Miller, and Jackson Hastings in that spine. I think it's going to be re- very reliant uh, on them to do a really good job going into 2023. 
Hey guys, I thought this would be a great time to take a break during the video to let you guys know we did have a little bit of technical difficulties. We had to change the platform uh, all together in this video. So just letting you guys know that. Also, I wanted to show you guys this. Evo Sports sent me a little care package uh, over the past two weeks. I was lucky enough to try it out over at Bronny Beach. It's Beach Oztag, guys. If you're into Oztag, if you're into going to the beach, Get into some of this stuff. It is absolutely unreal. Uh, purple and yellow tags I got, but I have a bunch of colors uh, for all of you guys. A waterproof footy in here as well. Cones to set up the game on the beach. It is absolutely worth it. Belts, uh, tags, footy, and cones. Absolutely unreal. Evo Sports. Make sure you go check them out. They are an absolutely unreal platform and definitely worth the purchase there. Evo Sports, make sure you go and check them out. But here you go. We're going to be talking about the eels right now. Hey, guys, I just want to let you guys know from this point, uh, there will be some technical issues on Hayden's end. We forgot to test his mic uh, before we started recording with Riverside. We have to change platform midway through. I didn't get to download... Um, uh, Zoom Prime in time. Um, uh, what about that rhyme? Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm going on an absolute dribble here. But anyway, uh, there are some technical issues from this point onwards. Uh, we couldn't set up Hayden's mic in time. So it is a little bit echoey on his end. But look, some great content. We're talking about the eels here. Um, so definitely stick around for this one and let's get straight back into it. <laughs> All right, mate, let's talk about the Parramatta Reels. Now, the last team we've got for part two of the season previews, the Parramatta Reels. Now, this is, for some people, a hot topic going into this year as well, the Parramatta Reels. They've got a lot of losses and a few interesting gains. We'll go through the gains first. Josh Hodson, fresh off an ACL. I think that's a little bit concerning for me. Um, but look, I'm very keen to see how this one goes for the Parramatta Reels. What are your thoughts about this signing and can it work? I think it can work. Josh Hodgson's proven that he's a fantastic uh, number nine in this competition. Um, and, and they needed something like him to come in after the loss of Reed Marnie. So uh, they've, they've gone out and recruited a need that they needed. And uh, yeah, it could pick up, but there is question marks about it. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and look, the main question mark, obviously, is that ACL injury. Like, fresh off an ACL, wrong side of 30. Very interesting going into this year. Very interesting. And hopefully it works for them because, look, to be honest, for me, in terms of playing style, he's very, very similar uh, to Reed Marnie in some aspects. He's almost the older version of Reed Marnie, if I'm honest. Um so, look, it's going to be very interesting to see how this signing goes. Jermaine Hopgood as well. He's been a hot topic, hot topic um, obviously, from Penrith. Uh, a really strong back rower for, for them. Uh, obviously, a captain in that side as well. We sort of touched on him last time we were going through the losses for Penrith. But a captain in reserve grade as well. You have that guy that can be the leader or one of the leaders in this side. What are your thoughts on Jermaine Hopgood? Yeah, if you yeah, look, you look at, at uh, some, some of their depth in the... In the forwards, they've lost, they've lost some very key players in, in that, that uh, department. So there's, there's an opportunity there for him to come on and get consistent first grade. Right? So that's so phenomenal that's for him, the fact that he's, he's gone out and taken this opportunity. Uh, and, and, and as you said, he's, he's got, got experience. So there's, there's no, no doubt, doubt he can own a spot on side of it. Yeah, no, totally. I agree. I think that he is going to be quite good for the Parramatta Reels, especially when you go back and you watch his highlights. He's an absolute freak, an absolute freak, Jermaine Hopgood. Uh, Gerard Momazia from Newcastle. We talked about uh, how he was one of the losses for Newcastle just before. Um, but he's a good young forward coming through as well, and particularly when they're use, losing young guys like Baradonir Kore and Oregon Kafusi, obviously going to different clubs. Uh, it's good to sort of get back what you are losing in uh, Gerard Momazia. What are your thoughts on this young guy? Um, and, you know, what Yeah, what are your thoughts on Gerard Momazia coming to the Parramatta Reels? Yeah, look, yeah, look I haven't seen much on Gerard. I can't comment, comment on that. On that. But, but, but the, the fact, fact that, that uh, Parramatta have gone out and signed him, they've, they've noticed, noticed something, something in his game, game that wants to 
really go and, and, and he's got an opportunity there as well. Uh, uh, so they've, they've lost, lost a lot of, of depth at the forward pack. pack. There's opportunities for players to take. So, so the fact that they've, they've gone out now recruited him, him, it's positive for him and he can take it. And hopefully get a spot on that bench for him and really take it. That next step is history. Yeah, no, totally. Let's see how he goes. Gerard Mamazia, Jack Murchie and Matt Dory. Again, you talk about young forwards coming into this side. Jack Murchie as well can obviously play in the centres. So if a guy goes down or if they're looking for a different style of play, he can slot into the centres as well. Pretty decent pickups. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen much of these guys. Um, Jack Murchie obviously played a bit for the Warriors last year. Um, and then Matt Dory for Canterbury in some games. I think he played two or three games for Canterbury. But Matt Dory's had some pretty high wraps on him, a really solid front rower coming through, and then obviously Jack Murchie as well uh, for the Warriors. Again, another good signing um, for the Parramatta Reels. In terms of losses, I think the biggest loss in this side for me is Isaiah Papali'i. That is a massive loss. Him and Reid Marnie are going to be huge losses for this side. Talk to me about Isaiah Papali'i, a massive loss here for the Parramatta Reels, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely is, Les. Les. Uh, uh, Isaiah Papali'i, arguably been the best back row in the competition over the last couple of seasons. Uh, he was the back row of the year last season. And, and he just offers something which probably back too. So it's a loss for them, that's for sure. They've gone out and recruited Jack Birchie. Is he the man to replace him? I don't, I don't know. know. But, but the lack of probably that line-up and his ability to be directed up the line and his defence and protect his heart fantastically over the last couple of seasons. Season. A, a, a part of his game which is significantly underrated. So it is a big loss for them. It's disappointing for them. They weren't able to keep him. We know they wanted to keep him, but it was cap cap squeezing him out. So, so it's a good pick-up pick for the Tigers, Tigers, but a big, big loss for, for Parramatta. What do you what think, do you think about, about Papali'i? Uh, uh, who feels that spot that, that, that he has? Look, for me, I think it's going to be Jermaine Hopgood. I think he'll start the year on the edge. I think that Ryan Pappenhausen in the 13 has been working for this side. I know, obviously, Ryan Pappenhausen won't be there, um, obviously, for the first few games because he was a bit cheeky in terms of picking suspension over the fine. Um, Madison? Yeah, Maddo, oh, a bit silly. I think that's a bit silly there. Like For me, if I had the, the, the choice to play or pay the fine, now look, obviously we're talking to a guy that doesn't really earn that much cash, so I probably wouldn't be able to pay the fine anyway, but if there was a little chance, if there was a little chance I could pay that fine, I probably would. If it was like 20 bucks, I'd pay the 20 bucks. I'd go play footy, <laughs> you know. Um, but look, you know, I, I think it's a bit silly. Um, it what it was like a thousand bucks, one thousand three hundred or something around those, those lines. So, look and, and considering the amount of dough that these guys are earning each the year, I don't think that's much out of what they are earning. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If things are a bit tight at home or something like that. Struggling to pay the rent. Um, but look, a very interesting one from Ryan Madison. But uh, in terms of Jermaine Hopgood, he could start the year in the thirteen while. Maddo's gone, but I think Maddo keeps that 13 spot because, again, why fix something that is broken? Um, I think that Jermaine Hopgood, yeah, he'll take Isaiah Papali'i's spot there on the edge. Uh, I think he'll do a bloody good job at doing it as well. I think that he's a fantastic player, great leadership as well. I think that he'll suit that side really, really well. Um, but, yeah, look, there's a few guys that could really take that spot. A few guys. Matt Dory's played a bit of back rower as well. Uh, and a few guys on the bench, uh, Jack Murchie as well, could take that role. But for me, it's Jermaine Hopgood. I think that he takes that spot because he is just so solid uh, and he'll do a great job for them. Uh, but Reid Marnie in the nine, like we obviously talked about Hodgson. Uh, we're a bit 50-50 on him, but Reid Marnie, that is a huge loss. A young, hungry hooker, one of the best ball, um, one of the best feeds at a dummy half we've seen uh, over the past few seasons. Kicking game out of dummy half is very, very good. Um, what are your thoughts about this loss and how significant is it going to be for the Parramatta Reels? Yeah, look, yeah, as, as you said, said it, it is, is a massive, massive loss for them. For them. Uh, uh, his, his ability, ability to, to find, find the best of any player is phenomenal. He, he very, very rarely misses the mark. Uh, uh, his kicking game is second to none in the game. At the moment, he's phenomenal. 
but might as well like cameras, cameras just, just, just knows when, when to kick, kick and, and, and find a spot, spot on the field, field and nail it and, and lead the chase down, down there. there. Uh, uh, it, it is a very, very good kicking game. game. Uh, uh, and in regards to his defence, he's solid as well. So it is a big loss for Parramatta, but they've gone out and fielded with Hodgson. Uh, there is a discrepancy in age, and the end you argue, was it the right decision? I, I whispered that, that potentially Moses and, and Marty clashed heads for a little bit of time, time this season, so that's, that's maybe, maybe why he's gone. Uh, but yeah, it is yeah, a big loss for them, that's for sure. Yeah, look, and um, obviously getting Hodgson, you can do much worse than a guy like Josh Hodgson coming in, and as we talked about before, respectively the older version of Reid Marnie in terms of his play style. And I'm very interested to see how he'll go in replacing a guy like Reid Marnie because he was in some terrific form last year, Reid Marnie, and I think he'll do a great job at the Bulldogs. Uh, Oregon Kafusi and Murata Neokore. Now, Oregon Kafusi, I thought, was great coming off the bench uh, for the Parramatta Reels last season. Murata Neokore, a really good back rower slash centre, if you like. I think those, both of those guys did really good jobs for Parramatta, and I think they'll be pretty decent losses. Ray Stone, I think Ray Stone's interesting because he was out for most of last year, so not all of the people would have seen him uh, you know, after maybe round, I think it was round 10 or maybe just before round 10 when he did his ACL. Um, it was three against Melbourne. Was it three? Was it that early? Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. Early. Okay, so there you go. It was really early in the season he did his ACL. Um, so we would not many people would have seen much of him going into 2022, but in 2021 he was quite good, filled in at hooker. Obviously they didn't get far in the finals, Parramatta, which was usually the story for them. But they they've just come off a grand final. They've just come off a grand final. I don't think they're going to be able to get there again with the losses that the guys that they've lost. You know Isaiah Papali'i in the back row, uh, Reid Marnie at nine specifically. Uh, and some of the younger guys in this side as well, plus your Maradini Kores, your Oregon Kafusis, while not the biggest losses in this side, definitely do make a difference. Um, even Ray Stone in that 13 jersey temporarily, you know, or coming off the bench and playing uh, a very versatile forward sort of role. Tom Opacek, Tom Opacek, we haven't even talked about yet. Uh, he's leaving this side, obviously, to go to Hull as well. Jeez, the Super League poach a lot of our players. It is absolutely ridiculous. Hayes Perham. Uh, in the back line as well, massive. Look, they've lost a lot of guys. Now, my question to you is, can you see them potentially going for another grand final stint? Or was last year, after that loss, the door closing on the Parramatta Reels for a premiership, for, for at least for the next few years? Yeah, look, yeah, look obviously, obviously last, last year, year, one of the talks was that, that this was... was uh, Parramatta's Parramatta premiership, premiership opportunity. opportunity. That, 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 that was their last opportunity to win the premiership in this squad. squad. Uh, you, look, uh, you, you mentioned the losses that they've had. had their team the star players, players in mind. They've lost depth. They've lost starting 13 players. And they may... We haven't even talked about it, but they may lose 7-7. So I think Parramatta fans, their weight weight premiership is going to have to wait even longer. I have, I have them struggling to make the eight. eight. Uh, I, just I just don't, don't see them being able to repeat what they did last year. And this and is a massive test for Brad Arthur and his coaching. This is the biggest test of his career for mine. Being, being able, able to, to get, get this squad up, up and ready, ready to go. go. Get back to where they were last year. That was a final one game away from the yeah, totally. I agree, mate. It's going to be very hard for them to replicate what they did last year. Now, I've got a little checklist here, and this is what I think they'll probably need to do if they are to push, you know, for finals again or get even anywhere near where they were going uh, into, obviously, last year. First one's retaining Moses. They need to re-sign him very, very quickly because there's a lot of clubs trying to get his signature particularly your boys at the West Tigers trying to get his signature for 2024. Do I think he'll go? Probs not now that they've signed Dill Brown. But look, I mean, money talks. He could go to the West Tigers. He could go to the Dolphins as well uh, and play under Wayne Bennett. It doesn't sound too bad at all. So they need to retain Moses if they are to have any success over the next few years. Getting Hodgson... Comfy in the spine. I think they really need to work on blooding him into this spine. 
Uh, and I think, as I said, it's a very similar play style to your Reed Miney, just an older version. Uh, so get him comfy in that spine. Keep him injury-free as well. The last thing you want is Josh Hodgson going down mid-year and, you know, having to struggle to find a hooker to come in and play that nine role uh, going into the rest of the year. You really want to keep Josh Hodgson fit, particularly because it's probably his last two or three years of first grade. I think he's only got about two or three years in him at most. Um, so, you know, you want to keep him comfy in that spot. I think the experience is going to be great for the boys as well. Having a guy like Hodgson, who's pretty much been a one-club player uh, coming into this side and and shedding his experience in that side as well, but keeping him fit and getting him comfy in the spine. Jermaine Hopgood, bloody image of first grade. He's been a captain. He's had a really successful year with the Penrith Panthers, but it was in reserve grade. He hasn't played first grade in a while, but getting him comfy in reserve uh, in first grade, sorry, um, and you know, and, and blooding him into first grade as well. He's going to be a main guy in this side. Obviously, replacing a guy like Isaiah Papali'i, I think that they're really going to have to get him comfy in this team. Keep Wonga Blake at centre. Do not push Wonga Blake onto the wing, please, please. It really, really annoyed me last year when he was on the wing because I love Wonga Blake, great player, really, really good X factor, but he can't catch. And that's the thing. Uh, I, I just cannot see them, you know, being successful. And that's a big thing to say. It's a big thing to say talking about one player, particularly when he's not one of the key guys in the side. But, you know, it just leads to more errors than knock-ons. They really do add up. Keep him in the centers. He's a fantastic center. There was nothing wrong with him in the centers, particularly now that Tom Opacek has obviously gone to the Super League. They have the luxury of being able to put him in the centers as well. Hayes Perham has left to go to the uh, Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs as well. So they have the luxury of putting him into the centers. I think that's where he's going to have to play. You bring in a Hayes Dunster to play on the wing. I think that's where they need to have that. Uh, and then Brown. I have a little cheeky prediction here. I think this is Dylan Brown's year. I think he's going to be one of the most talented, one of the uh, you know prime players in the competition this year. I really do think this is his year. I think he's going to be one of the best players and maybe even a Dallium for him this year. I think he's going to be absolutely phenomenal. I think he's going to be one of the guys that steps up, particularly when they've lost two stars. So I'm looking for Dylan Brown to have a really big year for this team. Now, in saying that, ladder prediction, if they go well, if they keep their side fit, I think they potentially push for the four. But if they don't and they go down some of the slopes that they did in years previous, I would say between third and eighth. I'm reckon third and eighth because at their peak, they're really strong, really strong and hard to beat Parramatta, especially when they come up against Melbourne. Somehow they pull a rabbit out of the hat and they beat Melbourne in games where beforehand, obviously, they weren't going too well. Um, so if they get to their peak, I reckon they can definitely push for the four. But, you know, it's very interesting um, where Parramatta can also slip out of that form. So I think that they... You know, I think they will be will be in the eight, but the question is, is that at the top of the table or at the bottom? I think, you know, they're going to be somewhere in between, potentially bottom four in that top eight. But look, we'll have to see how they go. Parramatta, very interesting going into next year. Um, if you have gun to head, if you have to put them in a spot uh, on the ladder going into next year, where are you putting Parramatta? Uh, I, think I think they, they missed the eight. eight. I think I they've lost, lost too many, many big players. players. Too much depth. depth. Uh, they, they, they can, can do, do it. it. They're, They're a very finished different person in the team. team. The questions the around Parramatta are the their abilities in finals, and as you mentioned, they got over the hump last year and made a grand final. But I think they've tried so hard to get there. They put all their eggs in last year's basket, and I think it'll be all too much. If we look at the teams in the top eight last year, for my they are the most likely to drop out. I have them sort of sitting in that top eight, eight bracket, bracket, but if they, they don't make the eight, eight, I will not be surprised. Yeah, look, fair enough, mate. And that's the weird thing about Parramatta. It's so weird. They have the ability to be one of the best sides in the comp. They also have the ability not to and be at the under, other end of the scale. So I'm very, interesting to see, I'm very interested to see how Parramatta go in 2023. And Look, I wish all of these three sides the best. And the reason I put all of them together is because I think they're in a similar boat. They could do really well, 
but they also could not do so well and be at the bottom end of the ladder as well. So I think the Storm, Knights and Eels are going to be very interesting going into next year. But thank you for coming on yet again, mate, and really excited to film the next part, part three uh, of the season previews and more to come. Well,